podcast, we definitely discuss healing. We discuss uh, aspects of psychology. Um, we discuss, like, you know, you becoming the best you. Mm-hmm. Mental wellness. For sure. Health. Femininity. Parenthood. Dating. Definitely dating. Single parents. Um, and it's from a lens of two psychologists, you know? Yeah. So, um. But also two, two people who grew mm-hmm. up. Like, with both parents, Mm -hmm. married parents, and then, like, you all know that Chloe and I are the youngest of our crews. Like, her siblings and my siblings. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, it's from that perspective. Yeah, looking at life through that lens. So, you're going to get a whole lot of things from us. Mm Mm-hmm. From us being women, mm-hmm. going through life as parents, and all of these awesome attributes. But yeah. yes, womanology, the study of women. The study of women. <laughs> all right, welcome back to Mike Checker, the show where I talk to dope people doing dope things. I got one of my boys on the line. I mean, as I think all roads lead back through 12 Kyle and to Jamie uh, Valentine. That's how all, like, there's about 12 of us that all got cool because of those two people. <laughs> Over the years from being bloggers, we all we all met like blogging online like in the late 2000s, man. And, exactly. Uh, and this, exactly. this brother right here is, I mean, he is one of the dopest Philly writers. He does one Philly writer pen in a year. He covers the Sixers, covers the Eagles. You cover the Flyers too or just those two? Cover all the four, four for four. All four, all the major four. And if you're into soccer, I'll I'll be covering the union soon. So oh, that's everything. So yes, yeah, so, yeah, you got them all. You got. I'll try to do it all. Yeah, <laughs> straight out of Philadelphia, man. OJ Spivey, one of the best writers, not just in Philly, all across the country. I check out his stuff when he posted up, and it was funny. There's somebody else in uh, uh the shout out to the SLC Sports and Culture. I invited you to the group. Somebody has shared one of your tweets, like, "Hey, yo, this dude." Saying this, I was like, and I was like, that's my boy. Like, 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 I'm gonna add him to the group. That's my boy. So, man, thank you for coming on my chicken, man. Hey, my my pleasure, D. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, let's jump into it, man. So let, let's start your story, man. So, like, give us back like where you come from, like where you kind of got into your your niche and your 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 uh your situation of how you got into writing and where you came from. Uh sure. So uh, born and raised in Philadelphia, uh, West Philadelphia, born and raised. You know the story, right? <laughs> yes. So I got to say it. Yep. Yep. So, um, actually, um, to go with Philadelphia story, Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince, Will Smith, they grew up blocks away from me. So that's how close the connection is. So, um, but just growing up and everything, uh, always had a love for a sports. Um, and then when I became an adult, uh, I actually wanted to be a teacher. Really? Um, but when that, yeah, but that, when that didn't work out, um, you know, I just started going into the workforce and everything, but during all that time, you know, I've always been a lover of sports, but when, once I got into, uh, my thirties and just working in corporate America and everything, I just wanted to just kind of change gears, um, and just say, Hey man, I, I would listen to sports talk shows. I would read the paper and then I would listen to all these guys, all these jokers and everything. I said, listen, I could I could be as wrong as these guys and I'm yeah. just as much as they do. I could so be just said, as wrong. Me, yeah, exactly. And, and that's what it's all about, getting paid just to be wrong, right? As wrong as those people, right? Yep. So at the time, I was just trying to uh, just kind of shift gears, kind of shift careers a little bit. Um, I know I didn't want to, you know, go all the way back to like a four-year school and all. So long story short, uh, I was able to uh, attend our uh, local broadcast school 
and just kind of learn the tricks of the trade. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, just going to trade school, going to tech school, yeah. like, you know, little broadcast school where they kind of um, give you a bit of a crash course within um, several months and all. And again, uh, kind of combining that with my knowledge uh, of sports and being a mini historian that I have become uh, over time, especially now that I get to write about it. <laughs> um, but no, the only issue was uh, once I got out of school and everything, um, I thought it was going to be a smoother transition, just kind of breaking into media and all. And I would try to do little things. Um, first thing I tried to do was like, if you know how radio works, uh, you kind of start out uh, trying to be on a promotions team and all that kind yep, of yep. kind of thing. Nobody would, nobody would answer uh, my calls. Nobody would, um, you know, seem to look at my resume or anything like that. Coffee. You couldn't go get coffee or donuts. Right, ex ex exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I'm in my mid-30s at the time, just had my daughter uh, and all, and I'm just saying, okay, how can I break in? Um, and then in the meantime, I did little things as far as interning. Um, I was able to call a minor league baseball game, just kind of, you know, having fun with it through the tape away, but I'm terrible. I was terrible. <laughs> but um, this, So there's nowhere of, on the net. There's nowhere on the net. There you go. So it was nowhere, no, nowhere else to go but up. But uh, after that, I was able to um, latch on with a semi-pro football team and actually became an announcer uh, slash reporter, sideline reporter. And whenever uh, you hear people like on Twitter, you know, Twitter is always the peanut gallery, right? So <laughs> whenever you hear people talk about um, how sideline reporting is easy, I call BS on that because it's one of the hardest jobs in sports um, because you're trying to get players to talk to you in the, in the heat of battle and more so coaches as well. And last thing they want to do on the field is talk to a reporter. So, mm -hmm. good, so point. good point. Okay. So that's that was hard work at, at any level. I don't care whether that's high school, college, semi-pro, pros, whatever. So I was able to cut my teeth uh, with that, even though I didn't really know I, what I was doing. It was all trial and error. And one of the things that I really wanted to do was get into radio. And again, just not being able to, you know, give out T-shirts or give out bumper stickers or anything like that. Yeah. Um, along the lines during that time. And again, this is how we kind of met these. So um, along that time became what they call, this, we call it podcasting now, right? This is yep. where we at. But in those days it was called internet radio, online yep. radio. What was the name of the, uh, what was it? What was it? Uh, uh, Blog talk. Blog talk, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah. So I learned about that through a friend of mine here in Philadelphia. And he was on, he already had a show and he was just doing just comedy and stuff like that because he's really like a, a funny dude, just naturally funny dude. And he already knew what I did or what I wanted to do. So he just uh, suggested, said, hey, I noticed a new online radio thing. Uh, why don't you get on there and do your show and just do a show and all that kind of stuff. And cause I already, you know, I already have a show and everything. It's okay. I was like, yeah, so I can't even get my foot in the door anywhere. So. Why don't I just try it, trial and error and stuff like that, and got on. Uh, did that for a couple of years, um, you know, and that's when I started meeting different people who did the same thing. You know, your 12 cows of the world, your um, ice cream conversations of the world. Yeah. Um, so the layman, still going. That's another people, yeah. the layman's, the brothers yeah, layman. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so all those people and actually through uh, ice cream conversations, I was able to find a co-host 
because I wasn't really that interested of um, just doing everything myself and all and just talking for an hour or so and all those things or two hours for that matter, which some of us did back in those days. Because uh, it was in like- a, in a cesspool of nothingness. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, I was able to um, connect with DVD, which we're still great friends um, to this day out of Atlanta as, uh, you know, some of our other friends are. Um, and, you know, we had a good, we had a good uh, rapport and we had a we had good listenership and and all those things and one thing led to another and a friend of mine who i used to coach little league baseball with here in philadelphia was on a radio station here and um he was looking for a co-host or he was just looking for someone to fill in and you know he heard what i did and he actually had me on a couple of times like i would call in and then he said hey you know why don't you come in um one saturday and sit in with me and one thing led to another I ended up being host co-host for four years at uh one of the radio stations here in philadelphia and during that time that's really what got me into i wasn't even getting paid but i was just happy to be on the air get the reps it's all about getting like, the reps exa exactly and um in those days uh you really had to pay for your radio time even in some mm -hmm. aspects you had to pay to get on the radio most times mm -hmm. You know, if you didn't have a contract and everything, and I, you know, I got a lot of offers to get on the radio, but I just had to pay for it. And I was like, oh, wait, mm -hmm. I, I ain't got it like that, bro. So, yeah. but uh, one thing led to another. And this is where things are really, I want to say, really changed because being here locally at WURD, it opened a lot of doors for me where I was able to start to cover different things, um, not so much games. Uh, or being in a press box, but I was able to cover a lot of community events, um, like, you know, how local local teams, they're big in the community, like uh, Eagles, um, You're going to Ron McDonald uh, House for the kids on this. Yeah, uh, different charity. things like that, right, yeah. So, like, for the Eagles example, their biggest charity is the uh, their Autism Foundation. So, you know, just different things like that, different partnerships where, hey, you might be able to uh, interview the four string uh long snapper and everything but you know it was still experience hey look it's somebody but right but here's where things really broke for me um and you know i use say hey i'm with such such radio station and people were able to let me in different spaces and this is where it broke and, and it goes back to again doing that online radio doing that podcasting back at blog talk uh i had a and, I, and we would have different type of guests. And I had one guest in particular at the time, she had covered um, the Memphis Grizzlies uh, down in Tennessee. And she has since moved on and became a producer at ESPN. And then, you know, what we know now is Anscape, which used to be the undefeated. Yeah. Uh, she became a uh, editor there. Because what, what, uh, the, what was the original name of undefeated? It was something else because... Wasn't Jason Whitlock supposed to be running that originally? Yeah, when they launched, when they launched the Undefeated, I think it was going to be under a, a, another name, but it ended up just being the brand just ended up being uh, the Undefeated, right? Um, and yeah, I believe he was supposed to be. Thank God, but yeah. uh, he was supposed <laughs> no, to be no, no. Look, uh, no. <laughs> the he was supposed to be the uh, the, the editor in chief. Um, because let's, that probably wouldn't have lasted if, if that would have happened. Um, but anyway, in fact, a friend of mine who used to, who I used to co-host with at URD, he actually used to 
his name is uh, Neil Scarborough, and he used to be a, um, he used to run ESPN.com, and he's a mentor of mine. And we did our talk show here at URD for a couple of years before he went out west uh, to Fox Sports uh, at the time. Um, so he's one, a mentor of mine that, you know, he also helped me along the way. Um, but uh, who ended up, the, the woman who ended up being my editor um, at The Undefeated used to cover Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, so uh, she had contacted me uh, one day, one morning, and I was just downtown in a coffee shop <laughs> on my way to work, on my way to my nine to five. And um, she said, hey, um, Malcolm Jenkins, you know, any, you know anybody uh, that can cover this for me? Because Malcolm Jenkins, who was with the Eagles at the time. And this is, this is um, we're fa I'm fast forwarding here to 2017. And this is the height of Colin Kaepernick, uh, Black Lives Malcolm Matter. Jenkins, players Union, right? At that time, right? right? Right. So, yeah. So, and Malcolm Jenkins was scheduled to pick, uh, speak at Temple University uh, at a Black Lives Matter um, session. And he was on a panel and she needed someone to, she found out about, it, she needed someone to cover it. And at that time I did like some blogging here and there, as you know, D, um, but not no formal uh, journalism, not formal articles, and certainly not for a national publication. Right. <laughs> like ESPN or undefeated, you know, I actually did vlogging for a couple of friends. Um, I had, you know, a website tied to my uh, podcast, my old podcast. Um, but I was calling around. Funny thing is, I was calling around uh, my journalist friends to say, hey, you know, can you do it? Might have a gig for you. Might have a gig for you. And nobody would answer the phone. <laughs> so. Okay. I guess that was God himself, like yeah. knocking me on the head saying, hey, dude, well, you know, why don't you do it yourself? You know, why, why don't you do it yourself? Why don't you take a crack at it? And mind you, I'm nervous as hell. I'm like, okay, how am I going to write for a national publication? And I said, you know what? I messaged her back and I said, um, hey, I, I, what do you need me to do? I'll do it. And she was like, bet. So she gave me the instructions, this, that, and the third. I went there nervous as heck, um, <laughs> not really knowing what I'm doing, but, you know, I'm thinking back to what they taught me in broadcast school as far as, uh, you know, getting crash courses on journalism. Because right? at that time, you know, I had tunnel vision just thinking, I'm, I'm just going to be on, on the radio, period. Yep. So this is kind of a shift. Uh, so went there that night, that evening. Um, Got the interview, sat in on the session, and everything. Twenty four hours later, I have a pu I have my first published uh, article on on a national stage. Man, yeah. So, yo, and from the yo. yeah, and from there, um, things just kind of took off. Even though it was tough, um, it's tough pitching stories for a national publication. Mm -hmm. You know, unless you have the autonomy and you know you've been there for a long time and everything and just opened the door for me where uh, I was able to do articles on uh, Kevin Hart because, you know, it was a sports and entertainment type mm -hmm. of uh, publication. So I was able to do stories on Kevin Hart. And then the pinnacle of that was doing a story on one of my idols, Dr. J. The Julius. And, you know, we probably don't have time for that whole backstory of how I got there. No, we go do it. But, it's, it's, okay, okay. Yeah, right, let's cool. do it. 
So let me just tell you a quick story about yeah, uh, Dr. J. So um, you're familiar with the big three uh, tournament, you know, the Ice Cube's oh, yeah. baby, right? Yep. So of course- Is that go, coming back? Yes. Yeah, okay. they're coming back, yep. Only thing that's ever stopped them was the pandemic year. Right, so, right, right. Did they, so, 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 it, came back, it was back last year, right? It was, yeah. Okay, okay, yep. okay. So yeah. So uh, that particular year they came to Philly and it was both Dr. J and Allen Iverson was involved at the time too. So right, was I, they out playing? Nah, I, he was. He was. He started out as a player slash coach, but he ended up just coaching. And he was only there. He was only about for that season. Um, so, um, but anyway, um, you know, was here in Philadelphia, and a lot of people were there, and um, a lot of celebs were there. Everything from L. Cool J to who, who you name it, and. You know, waiting for all the games because, you know, it's usually like a four game set and it was well into the night. Right. So it's at 1030 at night and I'm there, you know, I'm there all day just to get an interview, just to ask a few questions for Dr. J to do this kind of like a where are you now type of story. Um, so 1030 comes. We're waiting for all the other players. It's really cool because, you know, you heard from Clyde Drexler, you heard from Mahmoud Abdul-Haruf. All great guys, all great So it, it was super, this is super heavily attended. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, hearing from all those guys, great, but you know, that's not my story, right? <laughs> so I'm waiting for Dr. J to come and we're, and others were waiting for Allen Iverson to come. So we're waiting, waiting, waiting. Then after all of a sudden PR comes in and say, that's all the interviews for tonight. And I'm like, what the hell? I said, I got here all day and mind you, um, I went through hell just getting a credential for it because, you know, it was kind of tricky getting the credentials for it. It was a lot easier for other, other, um, so, so it was hard to get the credential for the big three than uh, like another regular sporting event. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. I wouldn't say it's hard. It was just the lines of communication. Okay. Um, yeah. so it went like, the, but, like how you, you know, can just go to the Philadelphia Eagles and like, this is the media person. That's all they do is just give out credentials. That right. person, yeah, they handle the problem. You know who you're dealing with, yeah. Yeah, so. it's probably one person doing five jobs for the big three. Like they doing media credentials, they also doing catering. Yeah, the guy at the, yeah, the guy at the time, he probably had like ten jobs. So, yeah. yeah, and you know, and it was kind of in their early stages, so I kind of give it a, a mulligan looking back. Um, yeah. So, um, but you know, PR comes in and says, "Oh yeah, no more interviews." I'm like, "What the hell am I going to do?" Um, it's on a Sunday night, I got to get this in within 24 hours, you know, deadlines are everything with journalism, right? So I call up my editor the next morning and I'm like, it's no interview. They like, they didn't make them available. And um, to her credit, all she said was, um, you know, just do what you can to just keep the line of communications uh, open with his PR and Doc has his own PR team. Um, and they ended up doing a great, yeah, they ended up doing a great job, um, because I told them my situation and I was just persistent and just emailing them and everything. And they said, uh, we apologize, but, um, if you could hold out until September and this is July, mind you, <laughs> if you could hold out till September, uh, Dr. J has, Julie Servant has a, um, annual golf gala golf tournament during the week and it ends in a, in this like this big gala 
and everything. And if you can hold out till then, we'll give you an exclusive. I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> not even not even fully trusting that it's gonna happen. I said, okay, how is this gonna turn out? And you know, I'll, we'll just revisit it. Um, I think it was around Labor Day weekend. Um, so they went through with it. Um, the gala comes, it's on a Sunday evening at one of the local hotels here. And I'm down there. Uh, I bring my um, girlfriend at the time, who's my fiance now. And um, I see it's this presence. And mind you, this is my idol, D. I see this <laughs> six, seven, you know, 66 year old guy. What a bad and, one. <laughs> and when i tell you he is still he still remains the coolest person in the room and this is this is what i'm fighting with i'm fighting with the icon that i grew up seeing as a little boy bring a championship you know home to philadelphia along with moses malone and all those is, other is that guys the right? title too? um they have two they have uh one other in philly and that was oh when, yeah, when okay, was yeah, yeah, yeah okay Back. during world's time right yeah. yeah so but um you know i'm, I'm that fighting was, was that with uh will yes okay 1967. yep okay yep 1967 1983. yep so um so yeah i'm fighting you know i have to interview my idol <laughs> and, and you're like i can't i can't i can't that up like this is yeah this is, and, and it's a big opportunity for you too yeah i can't screw this up right so because i'm already you know two months late so <laughs> so i can't screw this up and mind you he has no idea who i am right so um but his pr staff was great and all and you know finally i finally get to sit down with him and i'm making sure my um i have my old recorder my old digital recorder and i have my phone my recorder wasn't working thankfully my phone i was able to you know record the audio back up for the backup and, yeah back up for the backup thankfully because you know he kind of asked me if i was ready you know and once i sat down started asking questions everything just smoothed out and did he did and, he did he smooth because sometimes i know when i've interviewed people after they start talking and, and they know you know what you're talking about like they yeah. They 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 mellow out as well, and they like, oh, yeah, that's okay. yeah, that's that's this gonna be the, a good um, one, like a good conversation, like it's not yeah, no, that's no, no, yeah, that's yeah, no BS or nothing like yep. that. Yeah, so he he just went, you know, it, it was it was it, it turned out perfect, and you know, I was able to write the story, publish it, and everything. But the cool thing about it was uh, afterwards, because they had like a red carpet and everything, and they had this big reception uh what's his name uh jay harris from espn yeah he, he hosted yeah. the thing and it was all types of celebrities there um marcus allen uh lonzo morning um i got to meet reggie jackson another one of my idols who's from oh, philadelphia wow. mr um, october and that's not even talking about the musicians because doc is real tight with uh, jeffrey osborne um gerald lavert they all boys so and you know they were popular oh they were all popular in the 70s right I yeah yeah, yeah, they all, so. yeah they all yeah they all boys. around yeah. yeah exactly so they were all there all of them um so um it was like a who's who of uh like black excellence <laughs> so um so i did we ended up crashing the party right so they let you and, in on you crashed it <laughs> well i i was getting i was getting a i was getting a um 
I was trying to talk to Reggie Jackson, and that was tougher, right? Because Reggie Jackson had a he has a reputation of being hard to deal with or being standoffish. Yes, everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, what can I ask Reggie Jackson? So I had to be a journalist again, even though I'm sort of off duty. I had to be a journalist again. What can I ask Reggie to where he won't blow me off? <laughs> so I got him right. So I knew the high school that he went to, but I also knew that the time that he went to the high school, I wasn't sure whether he was in the new building, whether he went in the new building or was the old building. And I also, I'm trying to ask a question that he's never gotten asked before. Exactly. So that's another key. That's another key to journalism and, and, and broadcasting, right? Try not to ask the same old tired ass questions. Right. Mm -hmm. So I asked him and he was, he was like right at the door of the reception room. And I asked him and he was looking elsewhere. I said, hey, Reggie, I said, um, did you go to the old high school or the new high school? He kind of looked and turned. He was like flabbergasted that- Somebody knew. I asked that question, yeah. And he said, oh, I went to the new building. <laughs> and I, I got him, I got him, bro. <laughs> so did you get another article out of that one? No, what's the art? I just want a photo. At yeah. the time. <laughs> and I got a photo with him. <laughs> I said, well, Reggie, can I get a photo with you? You know, I wasn't like a fanboy or anything like yeah. that. I was just trying to just play it cool. So the biggest, worst thing I want to do is be a fanboy, right? Yeah, yeah, especially but, yes. but again, you know, I'm growing up. You know, that's that's Reggie. That's Mr. October. Yeah. You know, I remember his candy bar. You know, going, <laughs> going to the store get his candy bar, man. So, but I was able to get a photo with him because, you know, I'm off duty. I'm done, you know, and everything. So if I don't do anything else, that's the last thing I'm going to do. I'm going to roll out, right? So <laughs> but I got a photo with him. And you know the door's right there, so we just made our way in. We was in there for maybe a good hour. Uh, me and my fiance, and um, we ended up having a drink. We ended up having some uh, hors d'oeuvres and everything like that. It was, so crazy. was it a, was it a sit down dinner or more like a cocktail event? Uh, it was like it was like all in one room. It was oh, like wow. a sit down thing. You know, I ain't sit down because of course I ain't had no table. Right, so. right, right, right. So you just kind of mingle on the so outside. No, we're in the back because in the back they have all the they have all the drinks, all the hors d'oeuvres and everything. So, oh, then on the it, inside is actual real tables that people will pay for tables. Yes, yes. Okay. So you know it's a whole charity event and all. So yeah. but uh yeah, so we're there for a good hour and you know as nice as the PR people was in there, you know, they saw us in there. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, no media. It's like, okay, cool. You know, we out. But <laughs> yeah, we, we, I, we, I got to kick it for an extra hour. We good? Like, you know. Yeah, so it, it was just it was just a funny time. Uh, like, you know, I, um, hopefully my editor never hears that story at the time. <laughs> so, but... <laughs> Hey, look, you gotta, you that gotta, was you gotta, my that was my cool. night with Dr. J. <laughs> wow, dude, that is super dope. Like, so, and then that article came out, and then so, like, how did you like build that into getting the stuff with the Philadelphia Eagles and building that brand on that other side? And then, dude, winning the award for the pin of the year. So, it was just persistence, and you know, we're, we're going on now. We're talking about over a decade of persistence, but ever since that time going from uh, 2017 and mind you um breaking into the breaking into the door of getting in the eagles press box um that was really um it, it was really a task not because it was just so it was difficult not because the eagles themselves were difficult it was just difficult just 
getting a name for myself um, because of, of a number of things. Um, and mind you, um, I had spent parts of three seasons working for their game day staff at the link, at the stadium. So I, mm. I, I kind of have a little inside track of how, of how it works. Team, how the team works and everything, not up in the press box or anything like that, but I've been on the field. I've, you know, been in the bowels of the stadium, like seeing where the locker rooms are and everything like that, you know, knowing the ins and outs of the stadium. So mind you, um, I'm kind of bit of undercover. <laughs> so it's almost like a, a covert thing. It's like, okay, I could see myself, you know, in these different spaces, in these, spa- in these spaces, right? So, but it was just persistence and, you know, just still just um, reaching out to them, covering their community events, uh, covering covering their draft parties, uh, covering, um, you know, just whatever they had that was off the field, but actually at the stadium and different things like that, I was there. And it's very tough, especially in a market like Philadelphia, it's still the even though we're the sixth largest city now, as far as population, it's still the fourth largest media market. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Large... I, thought, I, thought, I, was, I thought it was four just because I knew there's a fourth media marketplace. Yeah, so um, with that being said, that it's it's very competitive. And there are a lot of requests. They get requests all the time for people just trying to get in there. People would die to just get into an Eagles game because a lot of people who are in media they're just glorified fans, mm. especially if they're local. So that's the thing you have to watch out about. And that's the thing that you have to um, distinguish yourself from. And I was never going to get on the, I was never going to get in that space while being in the, being on the radio. That's one thing that I realized. Um, and they rarely, they rarely give, um, give credentials to people who have blogs, so to speak. So Mm -hmm. you basically have to be a beat writer or you have to um, be at a publication that's been around for a long time or a publication that is just straight legit. So if if you had, let's say if you had Eagles fans YouTube page that had 300,000 followers, they still wouldn't give it to you then even there? Right. Yeah, and I've and I've it's it's probably a couple here and there that they might get into, and maybe those people have connections or whatever. Um, but it's one thing getting it's two things. It's it's one thing getting in there, just being a legit source or just being a legit being part of a legit publication. Uh, it's another thing uh, being being black. <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, hey, and again, real. this is not a thing with the Eagles as well, but it's just a whole. It's just the whole um, the whole scope of journalism. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you know, I mean, I cover the uh, St. Louis uh, FC team, man, and it was uh, so like the first game. You know, I got this wild hair and shit, so I'm I'm in there, and this commissioner of the MLS is there, so I'm mm-hmm. I jump out with a question like, "Yo, how do you feel about the diversity and how everything is growing the league?" He looked double taked at me, like I sent you the video. He double takes at me, like then he was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we doing this, this, and this, this, and this." We blowing up, and I'm the only brother in the whole press box. Only brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every week, I was only brother. I co- I covered my first Phillies game last week, and I'm the only I'm the only black person there <laughs> yeah. in the press box. And it's one thing to 
know the numbers, it's a number, it's another thing to just be in there and witness it. Mm -hmm. And also the looks that you get. I got yep. those same looks when I first got into the Eagles press box in the preseason last so, year. You know, who you are, like everybody's like, what, who you are? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. oh, you know, and again, gotta... it's one thing being new, it's one thing being new and black. But I, because I guarantee yep. you, if I was new and white, nobody be, look, nobody no, look at it me wouldn't twice. second guess you at all. No, 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 Exactly. No. So, yeah. So, um, but I do have a couple people to thank for that. Um, uh, another mentor of mine who I kind of preceded, uh, who preceded me, I should say, uh, at the Philadelphia Tribune. His name is Donald Hunt. Uh, he retired. And that just kind of opened things up for me. I was already at the Tribune. And I'll talk, talk about that in a moment. Um, I was already at the Tribune doing different, you know, community culture stories and all. But once uh, Donald Hunt retired and everything, that kind of opened up the door for me to do more. Slide right in. Sport, sports stories. I, you know, I wouldn't say slide right in because, you know, nobody places that I can. I mean, he was at the paper for 30 years. Um, you know, over 30 years, has all types of awards and everything Man. like that and, and, and well-deserved. And I still, talk, you know, I still talk to him this day every now and then. And he's, he's reached out to me, which is really big for um, Black journalists to just kind of, you know, keep the ladder, keep the ladder going down, you know keep the fire escape going down, you know, people can, you know, keep going up to the top and all. Um, but I, I have him to thank, you know, a few other people as well. Um, but he kind of gave me the tricks of the trade, uh, who to talk to, um, and just say, and, and I, I would use his name, thankfully, and with his blessing. And, you know, when I would talk to the Eagles PR person or, um, the Sixers PR person, I'd say, Hey, you know, I'm with the Philadelphia Tribune. Um, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm stepping in for Donald Hunt and it's, oh yeah, you know, it's a lot of his familiarity too. And most places, and you know that, you know, with, you know, in corporate America and everything, mm -hmm. people are just more so familiar with people who they know, you know, yep. they're more comfortable with people who they're familiar yep. with. It's, uh, I, I learned recently this statement, um, nobody ever gets fired for using IBM. It's right. like, it's the thing of like, <laughs> you go out and go try to get a different computer for the system and it messes up. It's like whatever, but if you go to IBM and it messes up, it's like okay, well you, I mean you did you did the thing you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to IBM, so exactly. that's the same same principles. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so that just um, just the persistence of just still going to different events, um, just being visible, um, keeping a line of communications open, um, and you know, and there were times where I got turned down. Um, it's it was a couple years where I just tried to get in the training camp, and training camp seems to be more strict than uh going to the games really um because you know everybody wants to be in training camp just as much as the games is concerned because you know you want to see what a Jalen hurts is doing you want to see those one-on-one -on -one where's their training camp at uh well it's it's rare because the eagles are one of the uh, few teams where um, they have their own uh, headquarters and uh, training complex, which is basically across the street from their stadium. So they don't go to. So, so they don't go like how a lot of training camps would be like off of like hour or two away from the city. No, not anymore. Like At one time, the Eagles, the franchise, did that, but uh, since they did their own facility, um, you know, they they would go to like a couple of local universities over time which might be, you know, an hour away or something like that. But yeah, but a lot of teams, they like to keep their 
excuse me, they like to keep their uh, training in-house at their facility or as local as can get because, you know, the logistics things, the travel and all that kind of stuff. And players like to be um, sleep in their own beds. Yeah, because that was the whole thing. Kind of I'm like, man, they so, hated yeah. it because they had to go out. You're going, I know. Uh, feel like you're in the military or at boot camp. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. He's like, oh, well, I knew, I got to go out to Macomb, Illinois and right. go to training camp for three weeks. I don't want to even go. We just out there in bunk beds. <laughs> like Washington. Um, at one time, they trained in Pennsylvania. They trained in upstate Pennsylvania, middle of nowhere. Washington? The, 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 yeah, at wow. one time, yeah. So, yep. So, uh, is this, uh, yeah. Was this under the uh, the Snyder era, era still? No, nah, that was that was like the Joe Gibbs era. So, yeah, way okay. back, like back back, during the hogs and everything. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, because so, he probably was uh, thinking like, oh, I want to be out. I want to get my players away from everything. The old school coaches mentality. Focus on football, yeah. Yeah, no I, need to get, I need to get you in mind. Stay for the no season. distractions, no <laughs> sacks, no nothing like that. So, yeah. <laughs> like uh, the Junction boys, like with uh, <laughs> like with Texas A&M back in the day. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Focus on football. What's that? Well, they, they took a family out during training camp. Well, they say faith, family, football, whatever. But, you know, no, it was no family during training camp. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was, it was just really tough. And again, it was just all making a name for myself. And again, making a name for myself as a black journalist in this space. Um, and even when I finally got into the Eagles press box, um, just being a um, being a writer. And mind you, I'm not a beat writer because I just cover a little bit of everything. And knowing that, you know, people like Donald Hunt before me were in that press box and everything that opened the door for me. Um, so I was able to put my application in, they accepted it. And another thing that comes with that is, and again, I'm 50 years old and I'm stepping into a press box in the first, uh, NFL press box for the first time. And I'm kind of dealing with, um, I'm dealing with, uh, what do you call that? The uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, why am I, why am I here? <laughs> like, yeah. So, and it's like, I'm thinking back at, uh, you know how if you get a, you stay in a luxury hotel or you, you know, you get on a cruise and everything and you're like in the captain suite, which is like, you know, somehow they upgrade you. Yeah. To like, you know. And you find yourself or, cleaning up the room because you don't know yeah, what to do. Like, you're exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> you clean up the room. All of a sudden, you know, you get comfortable in the room and everything. And they show, yeah, you know, Mr. Spivey, there's been some type of mistake, you know, so. You're like, oh, and you feel like you had your rug pulled out of you any time. You almost feel like you stole it. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, you know. Yes. But it's real. Yes. It's, it's, it's yeah. almost like a psychological thing. Yeah. And that's what we deal with as Black people, a lot of us. Unless you're, okay. you know. Not just in that, in, in life in general. Right, right. So yeah, so that's kind of how I felt to step into that press box. Like I'm, you know, I'm really in this mug, you know. So yeah. Yeah, like here, we here now. <laughs> like get comfortable, act like I've been here, and everything. No, it's not act like I've been here. It's like the sense of belonging. And yep. then I think about you know all the hard work and everything that I've that that I put in. Yeah, no, and yeah. all the hard work and all the hard intentional work. So how'd you get to uh, the to the paper? Like, what was that? How was that moving from the undefeated going to the local uh, newsbeat? Yeah, that's a great question, D, because um, 
at the time when I went, when I was still with the undefeated. And again, when you write for a national publication, and if you're not on that experience and everything, it's hard to pitch your own stories. Um, and that's what I pretty much had to do. And again, I suffered with the confidence of pitching stories and like, okay, and I'm not great at rejection, so to speak. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's a good story and everything you get rejected. And, you know, it's not anything personal. It was just, hey, you know. Yeah, we're going to pass better. on that. Yeah, we're going to pass on that. You better. Whatever. And, you know, that was tough for me. What was it, before you keep going for, what was the story you was like, I know this is going to pop that they did not take? Or you were like really wanting to do like, we're like, man, like, man, this is going to be, this would be dope. It was a baseball story. Um, I can't remember exactly in particular what it was, because it was a couple things, but it was a baseball story. It's like, uh, not what are you looking for? Everything like that. So, um, but that made it tough. And I was like, okay. And I've started stacking, I guess, myself. And so even though I had the shift of writing, like, is this really for me? So mm. I kind of I kind of stopped and I was kind of like at a crossroads and saying, OK, how am I going to. How am I how am I going to do this? Do you know, do I want to get back in the radio? Do I want to um, pursue writing? And mind you, I would do a little writing here and there, like do have like a little Tumblr blog and uh, stuff like that. Um, kind of dabble with like uh, my own website and all. And medium stuff. and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah exactly and medium is actually it actually medium is actually a great place uh for writers who just want to either cut their teeth or just keep their craft going and medium actually does have a platform to where you know you can actually do some really good writing and it gets published and it, and it's actually a place to where um it's very visible for writers who are kind of like in between or the writers who are one to it's kind of like, you know, you're familiar um, as far as just indie artists, independent mm-hmm. artists, independent, yeah. you know, musicians, um, singers and everything. That's kind of like what medium, I, I think, is a perfect place for independent so uh, writers. So it's SoundCloud for writers. I think so. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good that's a good description. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So I even did some things on uh, medium. Yeah, just kind of keeping my feet wet. And then just still trying, and mind you, you know, I'm still working full time. And I work full time, you know, I have a full time job today. So, yeah. um, in this day and age with journalism, you know, um, they pay no it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's tricky. And, you know, you, mm-hmm. you know, you're almost forced to have a, uh, at least a second, uh, at least the benefits. <laughs> right. the benefits. Right. They, they, that's, that's another thing. So, yeah. <laughs> um, another word to the wise there. Um, but, you know, through the pandemic, I'm thinking about, you know, what I'm going to do and everything like that. So as we're coming out of pandemic, um, you know, sort of in the summer of 2021, a good friend of mine who I know, who I knew from, um, you know, different social circles with, you know, black journalists and, and different things of that nature. Um, she's the one of the editors at the Tribune, Philadelphia Tribune. And she just reached out to me one day because you know she see me you see me in action on Twitter and everything. Yeah. I'm I'm basically a writer on Twitter, semi. So <laughs> you know I don't know if I want to do those you know 1,200 words or anything as you know the 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 must guy is kind of 
proposing with his all his subscriptions and stuff like that. You know, I would I would never do that on you. You, you I mean, I don't remember. I mean, some people who don't know. Do you remember when that Zola thing went down on Twitter back in the day with the girl to end up getting the movie later on? It just came out with like a year or two ago. Right. That was like the first time you could actually comment up <laughs> under your tweets then. So that's when she ended yes, up. Yes, that was a big thing. Yeah, that was, because yeah. I, actually it wasn't even threads then. She was just literally just sending out tweets. You remember you yes. couldn't even thread then. You couldn't even attach a thread. It was just yep. continuous tweets. Like yep. that was just that was the that was the old dusty days of Twitter where you could, you know, <laughs> that's when it was the Wild West. Like it was. The yeah, wild. and that's my thing now. I'm I'm always good for a thread. I'll read threads. I'll write a yeah. thread, and everything like that. So. Um, you know, just kind of in between figuring out what I was doing. Um, Sharon Flanagan, who was my editor at the Tribune, she reached out to me and she already knew, um, you know, what I do. And she just reached out to me and said, hey, why, do, why don't you consider writing for us? And that's a big thing, too, also, no matter what you do. Um, and I remember this is back in corporate America. I worked for an insurance company for like 14 years. And I remember a lady there, a black woman said, and this has always stuck with me. Um, you know, the saying is not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. She took it a step further and said, it's not what you know. Well, she said, it's not uh, who you know, it's who knows what you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you, that's you always, who knows what you do know. Yeah, so that always stuck with me. So Sharon is one of those people. She knows what I know. And she trusted me to, go to, the, to come to the Tribune and everything, you know, come in write a few stories and everything. And ironically, uh, my mother, who has since passed, she was in the Tribune over 40 years ago because she got arrested because she was protesting at my elementary school. Wow. Because they, they had to sit in my elementary school because they ousted the principal. Uh, so... And it, you know, no. this shit was just life coming full circle. Yeah, full circle situation. Um, yeah, life coming full circle um, with, you know, my mom being in the Tribune, you know, 40, over 40 years ago, and I'm writing for the publication. And again, it's the same, it's also the same publication that we use in school. So, um, so I'm writing stories here and there. And this is really where I'm honing my craft, even though I wrote for ESP, uh, ESPN website, you know, I'm still, I was still just getting my feet wet, but it was where I learned, I wasn't even doing sports. Uh, I was doing community stuff. I was doing history stuff, um, you know, doing a lot of research and um, 40 stories and all. And this is where I really honed my craft and I'm kind of putting two to two together, which me being a bit of a self-proclaimed sports historian. And then uh, when Mr. Hunt retired, you know, I kind of lobbied and, you know, they already knew how she already knew how much I knew about sports. So I just kind of just eased in. Uh, you knew what started... you knew. It's not about who you knew. It's all about who you right, knew. Right, exactly. You know, so you know. one thing led to another. I'm doing these sports stories. And then um, as time passes, I'm getting more persistent. And with the Eagles, I said, you know, I sent an email one day to all the PR people. Um, that I did two PR people that I know uh, with the Eagles and say, hey, I'm with the Philadelphia Tribune now. Um, you know, I'm going to start doing stories for them. So keep, you know, keep an eye out. So then and was it was it easier? Like, was it like a sm little bit smoother after you like almost with the Tribune? They like, oh, you good. Much so. Yep. I'm taking over, for, you know, for Donald Hunt and everything. He's since retired. You know, I'm kind of stepping into his shoes a little bit. 
um, do some stories here and there, and then boom. Again, they already knew me, but you know, of course, their hands are tied and everything because they have a job to do too. So, yep. and they got to um, get the but, official, like you said, you have official publication on your back. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, okay, we can and, do this now. And you know, it, it, it's it's kind of it, it's um, it's proud. It's it, it, it's a sense of pride for me because I got in through a black publication. So, you know, I didn't have to have, um, you know, we'll call it PWI because that's yeah. <laughs> pretty much what newspapers are. They're PWIs, yeah. right? So I didn't have to have a PWI publication to uh, affirm my status, you know, yeah. to get in those spaces. Uh, so, and mind you, I had already, the, actually the first team that uh, that really allowed me to actually cover a game, and this was kind of indirect, was Philadelphia Flyers. Really? I mean, they've been they've been horrible the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, but because- So they was open to anybody giving them coverage. <laughs> not so much that, but <laughs> not so much that, but because of their community events, they, they have this, um, the founder of the Flyers, Ed Snyder, who had passed a few years ago. He has this uh, youth hockey association where they're like committed to having people of color, inner city kids learn a game of hockey through education and all that. So I covered a couple of their stories and, you know, one day it's like, hey, you know, and they were great too. So uh, Flyers PR and they said, hey, you know, you want to stay for the game? You know, you want to cover the game, everything like that? You know, they, they weren't asking for a story or anything like that. They just wanted me to experience. And part of it too is, um, they were doing this big, uh, they're doing a big renovation of, you know, the arena and everything. And they wanted me to see that too. Um, but I developed a, an awesome relationship with them as well. And, you know, they were the ones that let me in the door and that kind of helped me as well. So, um, you know, cause it's like, name, it's, it's name recognition um, yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but everybody knows in Philadelphia. Eagles are it. It's a football town. First and foremost, Eagles could go. What is it? One in 16 now. It'll still be Eagles town. First and foremost. Um, so that that's that's how it is. Um, Even so, I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I'm just yeah, I was thinking the Phillies maybe could be in there, too. But everybody else, listen, we're we're all we're all extremely loyal, but it's Eagles. And then there's everybody else. Mm. You know, if the, everybody's jockeying for second position, depending on what's going on, everyone else is playing for second, okay, year to year. So, if the Sixers are bad, if the Phillies are bad, you're not nobody's selling out. With Eagles games, Eagles tickets, they settle, they settle Eagles season tickets and divorces, man. So, wow, <laughs> really? That's how that's how crazy it is. They pass it down. From generation to generation, <laughs> like I look, know, we ain't like, together, but we can think together. I know fifth generation Eagles fans. That's wow. how crazy it is. Wow, I know okay. Eagles. I know Eagles fans. You know, still around from the fifties and the sixties, or they'll tell me they've passed it down from. It's been passed down from their grandfather, their great grandfather. Like, you, you don't give Eagles tickets away because there's a waiting list. First of all, for season tickets. Um, but you don't give them away. So it, it's crazy. You know, we may, you know how tough we are as fans and everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. we'll give you the business and everything, but they're going to go to the Eagles game. Come hella high water. Wow. So how'd you end up getting the award, man? 
so basically what happened was, you know, it's the thing that you get nominated for. Yeah. And it was so funny. And again, I wasn't even doing sports at the time. And I was doing such a good job um, and just putting out these stories. And what I try to do, um, I'm big on humanity. And sometimes it's tough for me to, we, we don't, first of all, we don't really do those kind of things at the Tribune where we're just, you know, just hardcore and, you know, we'll rip a guy and, you know, call a player names. Not, not that anybody does that, but, you know, not being critical where you're asking, you know, why did you miss that free throw um, with three seconds left in the game? Or why did you drop that touchdown pass? You know, I can summarize it in a way to where, you know, it still has a humanity, right? Um, so basically what I was just doing stories uh, and everything on, you know, just different people in the community, um, whether it's something about veterans, black veterans who were killed in Vietnam uh, to, you know, someone who's um, head of a corporation um, here in Philadelphia who happens to be black, right? Um, so that's just an example. Um, but when I started, it was one story in particular, I can't remember what it was. And Sharon had said to me, she said, you know, she just emailed me, said, great job. I see awards in your future. And, you know, and I didn't get into it for awards. And I know everybody says that, but, you know, I don't even know how awards worked with journalism. <laughs> so, right. So it's this club here in Philadelphia called the Pen and Pencil Club. And I think a lot of other cities may have that too. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, but it's like one of the, the longest, uh, it's one of the oldest uh, journalism organizations in the United States. And I think, you know, um, but uh, they brought back what's called their, um, their Philly News Awards. And what editors do, and editors get nominated too, but what publications do, whether it be television, um, newspaper, digital, and they'll say, hey, nominate someone for these awards. And Sharon gave my name along with a few other um, people from our publication. And people get to vote on it. And, you know, it may seem like a popularity contest, but hey, you know, people vote for Academy Awards, people vote for yeah. Grammys yeah. and everything. So it's all a voting system, right? So, but even though you're nominated, not everyone gets nominated. So that's what I found out right. that, you know, right. you have to be good. <laughs> yeah, you have, but you have to be of a certain, um, I won't say a certain status is the right word, but you have to be of a certain credibility to get nominated. to perhaps get nominated. Right. So I'm on a nominees list and I'm, you know, amongst five other people uh, in the, in the sports category who are all great writers and all more experienced writers than I am. So I just put the flyer out there and just said, hey, you know, your boy is nominated for Sports Reporter of the Year. And, you know, just wasn't thinking to say, hey, here's what the vote, just see how it goes and everything. I wasn't thinking, but as time went, I said, okay, I might just win this thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> so many people at reached out and say, oh, yeah, you know, you you up for this? Well, I'm, I'm going to vote for you and everything. Oh, can we vote twice? Can we vote, you know, three times? You know, all that stuff. You could, but you just had to have a different email address. You know how to. You know, because I, I vote, I voted twice from uh, two different oh, emails. <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. So yeah, so it just worked out and everything. And 
during the ceremony and everything when they announced the awards um the winners and all and, they, and most of the most of the um categories were tight and you know we're talking about sports we're talking about investigative journalism uh you know we're talking about you know special stories uh all that kind of stuff um and you know again the other reporters and everything were very deserving could have easily just blew me out of the water and they're you know they, they i would think they had more of a recognition than i am but hey that might be the power of twitter that might be the power of you guys and yeah. everything and i won and i i think i won by like maybe two percent two percent two percentage points oh wow so two okay. or three percentage points so it was really it was really a close race and you know i won it and everything and then you know hey and somebody like me um you know shy kid from west philly i'm gonna i'm gonna uh i'm gonna promote my wins man because it's been a long journey you know <laughs> no, no, that's real. This, hey that is real right there that is real. i've been at this since i was 35 years old so and then wrong um, with taking that victory lap man then no taking yeah, that victory lap exactly so and again i'm doing that to serve as an inspiration for others because as journalism now is at a, an attack, and again, I'm, and I'm talking about journalism overall, like whether you're on radio, whether you want to be a sideline reporter, whether you, whatever you want to be involved in, as far as this whole media scoop, and it's under attack. And as um, you know, to quote someone like Al Sharpton, I remember he always said that when America catches a cold, black people catch the flu. Yep, yep, yep. That's so real. you know that kind of trickles down and just kind of at every industry. And you know, a lot of people who you know, um, a lot of different journalism circles, um, people are leaving the business, and a lot of us are leaving the business because it's just not worth it. Either the pay is not worth it, or you know, you're just discriminated and um, against enough to where it's just it's just discouraging. And I've wanted to quit several times, <laughs> several times. No, be, be real. Like, you know, this is worth it, you know, and, you know, it's time where, you know, you want to chase the money and everything, because everybody wants to be on, not me necessarily, but everybody, you know, wants to be the ESPN sports anchor, mm -hmm. you know, everybody wants to be uh, on NFL Live being, you know, that sideline reporter and, and everything, but it, it's a lot bigger than that. Um, and what I just try to do is just be an inspiration and just try to, um, not announce my wins, but I'm sharing, mm -hmm. I'm sharing the good news. I'm sharing, you know, whatever I go through, whether it be good or not so good. Like the other day, like when I was covering my first Phillies game, because I was doing a, a story on the Jackie Robinson day, Jackie Robinson salute. It's crazy, man. I mean, you know, you talk about the lack of. Uh, black baseball players on the field, the lack of journalists in a press box, man, it's, it's even worse. Oh, I know. Um, because it's like, it's, you know, and again, Phillies were great. They were great to me, you know, letting me inside that space and everything. And I've now um, developing a good relationship with them um, to where, you know, I can call them up or contact them and say, hey, I'd like to cover this game. And, you know, nine times out of 10, they will accommodate me. Uh, so, and same with the Sixers as well. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's been quite a journey and, you know, I've, I never tell people that I've arrived, even if I do, um, because it's still an ongoing journey. 
um, yeah. as is with as is with life. And even during the times that I wanted to quit D, just something inside me just you know wants to keep me going and everything. And you know if people like me don't do it nobody else is going to do it somebody has to be in there to represent and one of the one of my main aspirations uh, for doing that as well is um having more people that look like us tell our stories yeah and that's the thing um, is that that's, that's under fire like you said like in the right in, in the right stories too like everybody could tell the story of jay-z and beyonce uh and, and right. i'm not shading anybody that, that that that's what they do but there's so many other stories and richness of what are we doing in this whole thing of you know blackness, you know, and it's not just in blackness in general in the world that needs to be told that people can know like it's not just me. Exactly, and just for example, and I know you wanted to uh, talk about him as well, like covering Jalen Hurst this year. Yeah, let's really, go. That's I had that, that was my yeah. next question. Yeah, and it was really an experience because if you know his story, where he came from, you know, the being best in Alabama and then trying to, you know, reinvent himself to get you know, drafted, you know, at, at OU. Um, I'm still and, upset about that, but I mean, that's because he went to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's right, because you were a uh, uh, Ohio State guy. No, Iowa so, State, Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State. Yeah, yeah. So and, and, and the messed up part is we almost <laughs> beat them that year. It was an overtime game. Too. That's why it was Brock Purdy, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Because during the championship game that week and everything, I didn't even realize Brock Purdy went to Iowa State. Yeah. And they, oh, yeah. No, yeah, they were showing perfect. highlights of that game. I was like, oh man, they was getting it on. I don't even remember that game. Yeah. No, I do remember Jalen at Oklahoma and everything because you know he was really fun to watch and everything. And I didn't know that he went toe to toe with. You know, Cyclones and everything. And I know like Iowa State always. always you know, the XFL was his receiver, Hakeem Butler. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was, I remember his, I was, that was uh, his receiver. And then, you know, um, old boy from the Jets is was the running back. Um, oh, Brock. what's his name? Brock. It's, it's, what, oh, what is his name? Uh, yeah, it escapes me now. Hold on. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. I can't, I can't think of his. Uh, uh, Brees Hall. Name. Man, that's my boy. Brees Hall. There you go. There you go. Reese Hall is the running back. So they all was oh, there together. You go. There you go. Yes. So, yeah, they were showing that game and everything. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to go back and look at this game. And I did. <laughs> I, found, I found it and everything. I was like, oh, man, they was going toe-to-toe. Yeah. It was a classic uh, Big 12 game. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We ended up going uh, <laughs> to the uh, Fiesta Bowl that year. Yes, yes. So, anyway, just covering Jalen Hurts was just – I couldn't almost – Maybe I will. Maybe I'll write a book on it or something like that. Uh, that's another thing that I'm thinking about too, writing yeah. writing um, a book or two. Um, but that it, the whole thing about Jalen Hurts, I'm coming out of Oklahoma, the night he was drafted, when I, when I tell you the night he was drafted, you go back and look at some of those videos and some of the reactions when he was drafted in the second round. They already had a, a franchise quarterback, Carson Wentz, who they gave a ton of money to. And, you know, Carson didn't take that well, all because Jalen Hurts just exuded confidence from the day he stepped in that facility. Mm. He exuded confidence and he won the locker room, right? From the, the, literally the day he walked in the door. And Carson Wentz was done at that point. So really? So that, you, did you, did you, could you see that then, that he was done? Yeah, even though I wasn't in, um, you know, I wasn't on the inside, you know, covering the team and everything. Just all the reports just kind of led to that. And then when the learn, the more I learned about Jalen Hurts, the more sense that in me, just the way he was groomed, 
uh, all those things. I so yeah, you know, he's gonna he's gonna end up playing because um, Carson Wentz was so bad, and he, he allowed that to affect him. Injury prone. Well, that's why they that's why they drafted Jalen Hurts because of <laughs> um, insurance. I mean, they didn't necessarily intend him to be the starting quarterback going forward, but it was just insurance. Um, but Carson Wentz reacted to it so bad, and that just opened up the floodgates for Jalen Hurts, and he he took about the reins, and he just needed time and everything to improve. You know, as you've seen him in college, um, to just kind of you know improve uh, himself and getting used to the NFL game because you know you so you know he had to the talent and everything. I hate that word intangibles. Um, but, you know, he had different talent and everything to kind of see himself through, but getting the maturity and the reps and the time and everything. But during that time, it was just the coverage of him was just so nasty as far as him being a bridge, um, him not being able to read defense. Like you hear the same old, can I cuss on here? Like you say, you hear the same old shit that you hear about black quarterbacks for the last 30 years and everything, going back to Randall Cunningham, where it was even nasty then with Randall Cunningham. You oh, know, can't read, de- yeah, yeah, can't read defenses, can't, you know, can't look receive, can't look uh, defensive backs, all, all that shit, man. It, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was nasty effing work. And that even motivated me more to be in that space to cover him and saying that, okay, this guy, it was just something different about him and just, most of the media here in the city just did not want to see it. Either they were listening to other people where, you know, just through the stereotypes. But again, this is where representation matters. Representation matters to kind of see, you know, what a player's build is. Like they, 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 they totally missed the mark on how this young man was built to play football how he was built. And, you know, they said, oh, yeah, well, he's a leader and all this stuff, but can he play? They didn't think that he could play. But they they missed a mark on his leadership leading into his play. Mm. His leadership, how he was groomed by Nick Saban, yeah. how he was groomed by Lincoln Riley to play quarterback in the NFL. And again, you know, just trying to um, stymie all of those other stereotypes. And mind you, Eagles have had black quarterbacks over time. They had Randall, they had McNabb, they had Vic and everything. And they did the same old things just over and over and over So how again. is this so different with Jalen with this? Has it, so those same people that were like naysaying him, did it change now since he went to the Super Bowl? Is it now, or is the kind of are people chirping is less so they oh that's my boy like where's everything kind of like changed that's pretty or much what it oh that's my boy you know well, yeah, <laughs> you know he's oh yeah he's a man like well, they're they're just still a lot of them just still flabbergasted and then you have others they say oh yeah it's just one year you know what's, yeah what's gonna happen now that he has the money and everything oh is there gonna be more pressure on him now that he's the franchise quarterback, someone yeah. who they never thought he would be. <laughs> yeah. So that oh yeah, now they're giving him even more. And he also you know, did Lamar Jackson a favor too. Right. Uh, like he did Lamar Jackson a favor. He, he got the ball rolling. Well, I mean, re- I guess Deshaun Watson really got everybody rolling because with his thing of saying like this is the amount of yeah, this kind of this kind of this kind of sets the market now and kind of yeah. like, you know, I love Lamar and everything. Don't get me wrong, but you know he should give Nicole Lena a call because she she won't get it done for him. And, and that's the thing. <laughs> Maybe now this that'd be a gangster move. May, does she pick up the phone and say, "Hey, 
Lamar, I know you're your own agent. I know you and your mom do everything together. Yeah. Let me come in as a consultant. I don't only take like 2%. Let me come in and help. Mom, mom need to talk to Nicole. <laughs> yeah. As a consultant, this guy ain't going to be on the books. For nobody yeah. to even know. It gotta it could be low key. Like maybe maybe, maybe Jalen talking to him. So you know what I mean? So and but, it was um, so dope is this whole team is women, like black women too. Whole mm -hmm. team, which yep. is super dope. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's it's very calculated, it's very intentional and, and all and everything. And you know, and it's hard to talk to Jalen. Um and and another reason why I'm in this space because even today with the press conference where he talked about his big contract, a lot of people still don't know what to ask him. He does talk in a lot of cliches and everything like that. I get it. A lot of that is just him being guarded and all mm -hmm. and being groomed well by, you know, Alabama and everything, mm -hmm. you know. But well, you know, you take the bus, you get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you got to know what to ask him. And yeah. I basically just, you know, I guess I'll give it away. I just basically ask him about football. You know, yeah. if you ask him about football, he won't give you a longer answer. And it's not going to be in cliches for the most part. Like after the championship game, he's like, oh, yeah. You know, how you feel about the Super Bowl and every, you know, getting to the Super Bowl, all that kind of stuff. Yo, what was San Francisco trying to do to y'all defensively, man? So, <laughs> see, see, that's why I can't be with I'll be like, when you go to Magic City, you get the lemon pepper wings. Like, that be <laughs> well, that's something that I'm working on because but, I, I'm just I saying, get, but that's a great, it'd be a, like a small thing, like the hood right, would know. Get, right, exactly. <laughs> and then again, it's really difficult to ask those questions in those spaces and everything. And not so much because people around me, I, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily give a shit about, you know, the colleagues and people and everything. They don't even know what yeah. City. <laughs> I'm just trying to be respectful to, you know, Eagles PR and everything. So, you know, I interviewed Barack Obama for one question. So uh, I got, I was on Jimmy Kimmel. It never came out uh, during the pandemic. Really? And okay. I'll send you the link of the woman that got on. She cried so long. They uh, uh like for me and Barack on because basically it was a group of us and we were all talking about Barack's book when his book dropped mm -hmm. and they and Barack just comes in the Zoom that was the whole thing wow. he just jumps in the middle of the Zoom and then you could go in oh, and ask him your own question on your own for like two three minutes okay so one woman cried so long that it only got edited down to like it was only her she was the only one that got on TV but I oh, asked wow. Barack if you were in a back uh, back alley fight and you were walking by yourself and you could choose two people who you choosing and you got three big dudes gonna fight you who you choosing he start bugging up like he literally kept laughing I was like yeah who, 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 who. And I was like you can't use secret service people these are other random people so he picked some other guy that used to be a secret service guy I forgot his name and he said Anthony Mason was the other one Wow. So that he would have, you know he's a basketball guy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> a basketball guy. Yeah. So and he was like, he's like, and I think we'd be okay in this back alley fight. There you go. He so he know. He knew. He knew. <laughs> he knew. He knew. He knew. But those are the questions like that are kind of warm people up and like, oh man, this oh, you asked about Magic City on the <laughs> like Yeah, exactly. So like different things, like you know, nobody know. Here, here's a perfect example. And uh, one of my colleagues uh, who works for the Philadelphia Inquirer, which is like the major newspaper here yeah, in Philadelphia. That's where Stephen A. came from, right? Yeah, right. His name is E.J. Smith. He's a he's actually one of the black beat writer for uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer. And Jalen's first year as a starter, after a game, he came. He uh, he had on a purple suit. And he had on a, a he had on like a vest suit, right? And it was a purple suit, 
Because he loves the word perfect because he's a cube, right? Cube, that's what I was going to say, though. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, right. Yeah, so, and on the back of the vest, it had the, you know, it had the Greek letters that you oh. could tell he was a cube, <laughs> right? So everybody was like, you know, Prince, Purple Rain, everything like that. All oh, no. And stuff like that. And here's another story, too. Um, I'll tell you a second. Um, yeah, so Prince, Purple Rain, all that jazz. And nobody had any idea what the Greek letters were for, you know, uh, you know, mega five side. Yeah, so yeah, so um, but EJ he sees it and he he tweets it, he tweets it, takes a photo, and then he says, Okay, you know, Jalen Hurts wearing his you know, Omega Phi Psi uh, colors, his you know, his vest and everything. And I jumped on that and I said, See, and I tweeted on you know, I did the you know, tweet on top, you know, I said, yeah. um representation matters and ej so much appreciated that and then when i got into the press box and got in a locker room with him and you know in training camp and everything we met and everything you know we that was that that yeah, that's like, that representation yeah. it's like the, know, the, the, brother, it's like, oh, it's else here. <laughs> right yeah but nobody at the majority of white media you know they wouldn't pick that up that's why it's important that we be in those spaces yeah because of course you got to recognize the divine nine whether you're a member or not you yeah, got to recognize. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> big part of our community. Big part of our community. Right. Exactly. And you know, you have to understand that. So those little things that, if I ever get a moment or I ever get an exclusive uh, with Jalen, everything, you know, ask him like, you know, somebody asked me on Twitter like, whenever I do like Jalen things, or I just have a little snapshot of him on uh, during practice. They said, oh, yeah, you know, ask him what his line number was, you know, everything like that. <laughs> People are asking, you know. I but that's real, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, what was his line number? You know, you know, people want to know that stuff. You know, our, you know, our, um, our culture wants to know that. You know what I mean? When did you pledge? All that stuff. You know, his girlfriend's an AKA and everything. So how does that, oh, you know, how thing. does that, yeah. you know, people want to know that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? His agent, Nicole Lynch, she's a Delta. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you got divine it's, nine all up in there. it's all connected. And I don't know if you remember, you know, the video that meme, his, uh, the first, the first year that he stepped on the field, his rookie year, he scored a touchdown against the Saints and he put up the, you know, oh, I, I guess I'm not supposed to do that, but, yeah. you know, he put up the cute all side, right? Yeah. And, you know, had his tongue out and everything like that. Nobody and, knew what he was doing. Yeah, the announcers, everything like that. Oh, yeah, you know, he's doing uh, somebody mentioned Kiss, the, the pop group. <laughs> and what's the part that uh, uh, do the right thing? Like, oh, you know, so, yeah, like, <laughs> so like, no, like, no, he's a Q dog, man. What the F, you know, so I said it was Kiss, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell is going, what the fuck is going on? That's why we have to, those are, that's exhibit A, exhibit B of why we oh, got to be in the spaces. <laughs> you know, we even take it further with yes. like women's basketball and everything, like with Aja Wilson, you know, from South Carolina, Las Vegas Aces. Everybody knows she, you know, she go hard for her AKAs, right? You got to know that. Wow. They thought it was Kiss. <laughs> yeah, they thought, they thought it was Kiss, man. Uh, what was that? And it, it was another. It was another cat who played. I don't even know if he still plays for him now. A little short running back played for the Chargers. He went over the top on the touchdown. He started doing this Q dog dance, the Q dog, you know, dance. You know, 
um, in the end zone. And you say, oh, yeah, oh, he's excited for a touchdown. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everything about, you know, no clue. <laughs> but some of that I put on, you know what? Some of that I put on the teams too because in their profiles and everything. They don't that put that in there? Of, that's, that has to be part of me. You know what? I had the Eagles media guide. I'm probably going to make that suggestion to them. Well, no, I'm, so, I'm surprised they don't put that in there. Like if they're in a fraternity, like especially if you're black in a, a fraternity or sorority. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, and uh, one of the other guys I know on the Eagles for sure that I know is a Q, uh, Nicobe Dean from uh, Georgia. Yeah, I know he's a Q as well. So, you know, those are kind of questions when I ask, you know, get them two together. Like, well, you know, what's, what's your thing? Um, we when Malcolm Jenkins was here, he would do he would do um, his routine, you know, his uh, his steps just about after every win. Nobody ever talked about it. Wow. And it's probably probably they probably laugh at it like that nobody is like an undercover thing. Like yeah, think that he you know that's just what he does. Yeah, it was you kiss. Know, he, it was kiss. He bojangles or somebody, you know. Yeah, like so. it was yeah, like it was kiss. It was kiss. You right? Like I'm listening that's, to kiss. Like he's that's why like, we got to be in those spaces. Yeah, like even back in the day, like you know when I wasn't even involved in media with like Allen Iverson, how you can you can actually teach a. Uh, um, a journalism class on someone like how Allen Iverson was covered. Wow. I mean, really? it, was, it was crazy, man. Like, Philly's a big Stephen city. A came up from like covering uh, uh, Allen Iverson, right? Right, right. And, you know, he, he probably did the best job of them all, um, even though, you know, he was tough, but that's Stephen A, right? So, yeah. But, um, you know, just knowing, just knowing where um and you know me and you we come from big cities right mm -hmm. so um for the most part we come in big cities but somebody from a you know a lot of football players come from small towns in the south man you know you have to understand that culture yeah you know not not from billy bob culture but from you know uh cantavious culture yeah, <laughs> yeah. black country, country culture you know you got yeah. country then you got black country yeah right so, you know, they, they all have their own um, set of uh, culture where they come from. They have their own um, obstacles and everything, you know, getting out of their hoods, you know, because it's from the Philly hood and the St. Louis hood is different from <laughs> rural Georgia hood. It's two, different, <laughs> it's two different types of things going on, too. <laughs> right. You know. And you can be city tough, you can be country tough too. That's a different type and, of and, you know, and they don't television. and they don't applicably work. So like you, you can't be country exactly. and, go to the city, and you can't be a city and go to the country. Exactly. And even when athletes run into trouble or they do wrong, or they might have, you know, uh, uh trouble with the law and everything like that, it's important to understand where they come from. It's important to understand, you know, the family aspect and stuff. And very few journalists, black or white are able to interpret that mm. but if they look like us we're more inclined to tap into that right and very few yeah very few white journalists are, are are able to tap into that very few you almost you can almost name them on on one hand maybe two hands wow man man oh and that's a, yeah coming on, that's man. how important how our, our our stories need to be told Man, thank you for coming on, man. Let let everybody know all your socials, where they can reach out, check out any of your stories, all that good stuff. 
Thanks, D. Um, again, you can always follow me um, at OG Philly on Twitter. Uh, you, same thing on Instagram as well. Then I post my stories on there also. Uh, I have a Facebook page, OJ Spivey, the journalist. Uh, you can follow me on there. I like that page on there. And again, all my work is at uh, on the Philly Tribune, Philadelphia Tribune. And you can just go online and just uh, type in phillytrib.com. phillytrib.com. Make sure y'all go over there, check out everything over there, man. Man, dude, I appreciate this, man. Like, this is super, super dope, man. I think people really appreciate it, especially people trying to come up in the sports world and everything. I'm going to introduce you to my, uh, my, uh, my co-host from other stuff. Uh, Matt, he works uh, uh fans not, uh, 590, but he's a baseball dude. Like, so he knows it like that. And he'll tell oh, you all kinds of stories of being in the Cardinals uh, press box. Baseball is my first love. So, yeah, I, I could go on. Being a black baseball, kid in the baseball, in the, in the press box for the Cardinals, you know, with all them people. Baseball like, heaven, huh? Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about, like, them seeing a brother. And he's a Kappa, too. So, you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, yes. Yeah, so it's a whole different thing. Bring, bringing in the red, yeah. Different yeah, yeah, exactly. They'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, wow, yeah, he's really cardled up today. Like, no, nah, it's Founders Day for him. Like, no, nah, he's a dupe, man. He's a dupe. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So yeah, we gotta do this again, man. So yeah, yeah, whenever. we definitely do, man. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> definitely, man. We appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on. Hey, my pleasure, bro. Anytime. All right, peace.